Hello guys and welcome to Hot Girls with me, Lex, on the decks. This is the show where we explore the mechanics of the music industry through intimate conversations on creativity and biography episodes exploring the lives of iconic artists. This week, I'm taking a look at a soul icon who was a huge influence to many, including Aretha Franklin, Prince, Erica Badu, and Kanye West. One of the great divas, whose life has not been without his battles. Having begun her career in an otherwise all-male band, Shaka was an undiminishable star. So this is a lesson in diva by Shaka Khan. Ladies, gentlemen, listen up. You're listening to Hot Girls. With Lex on the deck. We in the mix. It's fire. Keep it going. We on fire. From London for the world. Let's go in. On the 23rd of March, 1953, in Illinois, a couple called Charles and Sandra had their first child. They named her Yvette after a jazz song. The household was Catholic and creative. They weren't wealthy, but they had a safe and fairly comfortable life. Age 13, Yvette left her given name behind in exchange for the name Shaka, which was given to her by a spiritual guide of West African descent. In West African culture, the Shaka Zulu is the warrior and Shaka is the female, the warrioress. What I love about the fact that she chose that name so early is the seeking and embracing of her African heritage, but also that ownership of power and that willingness to grasp hold of greatness. Um, That's what that symbolizes to me. She formed her first group, the Crystalettes, with her sister Yvonne when she was just 11 years old. In fact, many of her siblings were musical, so confidence to pursue creativity probably wasn't much of an obstacle for Shaka when she was starting out. She left school at 16 and began performing with local bands and in clubs to make money. Her mum supported her, going even so far as to make outfits for her performances, which have become such an iconic part of who Shaka is and her identity. After a few stop and starts on the talent show circuit, it was in 1972 when she was invited to take over as the lead singer of a band called Rufus. This is when things began to move for her. She was about 18 and had been spotted performing at a local gig, which shows you have to be out there to be seen. Once she joined Rufus, she then began doing local gigs with them. And it was actually like Ike Turner, um, ex-husband of Tina, who was the person of influence who saw Rufus and saw something in their sound. He flew them out to his studio in LA, where the group recorded some early demo material, which went to labels. And the group were ultimately signed to ABC Records. Said Shaka of that group, All I could attribute our sound to was chemistry. And that chemistry was a recipe for success. Yes. Although initially not gaining much traction, Stevie Wonder liked the group's sound and collaborated with them on a song he wrote, Tell Me Something Good. The power of Stevie took them to number three on the Billboard chart in America and eventually won them a Grammy. You Got the Love was their next hit. And then over a five-year period, the group went on to release six platinum albums. Wow. The group was super close, but Shaka was the only female and that came with pressures. They were very protective of her, sometimes to the point where she found it crippling and suffocating. The spotlight was also very much on her, as comes with being the lead singer and with having the huge presence and radiancy that she had. She signed a solo deal with Warner Brothers Records in 1978 and began working on her solo material. By the release of her first solo album, she was already a superstar, and that album featured the timeless disco song, I'm Every Woman. 
Over the next four years, Shaka released solo material and engaged in an on-again, off-again relationship with Rufus. They released some music with her, some without her. With their final charting single as a team being Ain't Nobody, which was obviously famously covered by Liberty X. But that song, she says, is one of the enduring records of hers that she still loves. And this won the group their second Grammy. And for Shaka, it's one of 10 Grammy Awards she's won in total. God gave me this voice so that I can have a wide circle of influence. Not just to hear my voice. I'm not just to sing to, but to serve. So as you can see, she believes in the higher power and that the gifts she were given were to be used. In total, she has released 15 albums, including two live albums. That to me shows how much material you need to be releasing to be able to create things that are great and have legacy potential. With her last live album being released last year when Shaka was 67 years old, you can also see that the notion of retirement isn't something she's all too keen on. I think that's also super important. These great artists, like great divas, do not have an age limit or time limit on what they create and when they want to be visible. It's so funny, but I never thought I'd feel this way. But the older I get, the better I feel. A couple of things I want to talk to in Shaka's life outside of music. The first is her experience with substances. Um, Shaka has actually gone to rehab three times. The first two times were for alcohol and party life, which she said she had no regrets about. She had a really good time, but it got to a point where it was less of a good time and she needed to take it seriously. Her third stint was actually due to a prescription drug addiction, which I know is a huge problem um, in America. And she went in with her sister who was suffering from the same thing. Prince had famously died of an overdose in 2016. And he was a very close collaborator of Shaka's and they'd planned to start a record label together with Miles Davis, just imagine. And then he died that year. Prince was actually one of the performers who performed at the 2006 BET Lifetime Achievement Award presentation to Shaka. But his death and the fact it was connected to an overdose was possibly the trigger for her going to rehab the third time. So I thought thought about it, I said, well, he can't mess it up because I will be singing it after all, it's my voice. But he found a way. By golly, he found a way to frick that up. (laughs) (laughs) I was through. What, you don't like the little chip? I hate chipmunk, it. Uh, I mean, come on, girl. Please Chipmunk noise. Oh. You know, Lenny Williams said the same thing. You know, Twister took Lenny's song and did the same thing with How it. How can you do that? And, and Lenny was like, at first, he was like, I don't know about this. It's and Lenny insult. said, but then them checks started coming. Well, it was an insult. Period. I don't, I'm not doing this for money. Mm-hmm. You understand? So I was very, I was very upset with that. That was Shaka talking about the Kanye sample he used. She was insulted by how he altered her voice so much to create what he did, which I found really funny. Um, Kanye actually met Shaka through her son, but had been a big fan of hers, which makes me think about how Kanye chooses his friends. And speaking of her son, Shaka has two children and adopted her grandchild after her son was arrested for murder. He actually shot a friend in their home and said the gun actually went off by accident. So therein lies the madness of gun access and use in America. Shaka saw the adoption of her grandchild as an opportunity to perhaps correct some of the failing that she maybe was as a mother and kind of start again. 
She's a big philanthropist and in particular has done a lot of work to raise awareness of autism and contribute to programs to help autistic children as her nephew suffered from it and she loved him dearly. So, Shaka Khan, diva, free spirit, fun spirit, the soul, the voice, the lyrics, the messages combined with bold outfits and energy. No one does diva like Shaka Khan. Thank you for bringing your gift into the world and continuing to do so. What up, Lex? Hey, Lex. Ah. Yeah. We keep our eyes on the prize. If no surprise, good women with destiny.